All the spot analysis. Am I crazy? Uh, <laughs> uh, no. Are we on a podcast? Yeah. I, I think I'm gonna come get some. If you want some, come. Gotta get that. Gotta get that. Gotta get some. My Appreciate favorite, though. Am I? You're my favorite. Well, thank you yeah. so much. I think not. Put me on the e meter and ask me a question and then you don't look And welcome to another Scientology Extra Edition of Come Get Some with part two of Mary Khan as she talks more about Sammy, the later years, as she talks about being held captive against her will, and uh, probably one of the most fun ten questions I've ever had on this show. Mary was a great guest and I'm happy to have her. But before we go there, I would like to address the weirdo in the room. Um... On social media, there's something crazy going on where just a lot of people coming out of the woodwork. Some are just um, uh, very sympathetic to the cause of anti-Scientology, the ex-Scientologist plight, who, who are just trying to help and, and and be a part of the solution. And there's some people, we can't tell who's who sometimes. Maybe there's what, what people call trolls or people who are not who they say they are. And that's fine because I don't, I don't really talk much about things that aren't really something that I would talk to anyone about. So I'm not really worried about that. I don't tell other people's secrets, and, and again, I don't have secrets. So I'm not worried about it. If you're a troll and you're in my circle, then uh, more power to you. But there's a guy out there who wants to stir the pot, and he's acting like he's pretty much the authority on everything, and uh, this guy makes me sick. He's doing YouTube videos. He's calling people out that he doesn't know anything about. And then, that's not what obsessed me about this guy. I don't want to call. I don't want to come on here and whine and complain and harp on about this guy. But he does YouTube videos, and when he sits there and he, first of first of all, let me, let me go. Let me go back a little bit for you. This is a guy who made a for instance on a forum like ten years ago where he said, "What if this happened? Then how would you feel?" And then uh, just a few weeks ago, in a timeline on Twitter, said. It happened to him, uh, trying to elicit a reaction. And the same guy is on YouTube talking about 1.1 on the tone scale, throwing everything that ever happened to Nora Crest or anybody else like her in Scientology, just throwing it right back in her face, and it's disgusting. And when you're a person like that, an individual like that, I don't care who the trolls are. I don't care what, what kind of points you might make that are valid. You don't get a voice. And that's why you and your pals will never be on this program. Um, p- beyond that, he kind of reminds me of uh, somebody else who's been in the news a lot lately when you talk about the underground bunker with Tony Ortega. He kind of reminds me of uh, another guy, Marty Rathbun. Now, I've said before on the show, and I'll say it again, there are lots of people far more qualified than me to speak on Marty Rathbun. But looking at his history, looking at his past, I can't help but to think I have a few theories about this guy. 
Now here's a guy who comes back from old school, man. He comes back from the days of tormenting Paulette Cooper. This is how he this is how he was brought up into Scientology. This is the kind of operation he's used to. How much do we really know about Marty? It almost feels like as much as people got to know Marty, the people who did, maybe they didn't. He does seem like one of those guys. Maybe he truly fits the mold of what David Miscavige uh, puts out in these releases for everybody who leaves Scientology. Everybody is so mad and angry and bitter that they can't, they don't get to do it anymore uh, under the church. And maybe he is one of those guys that was truly bitter about it, and he misses. Maybe he misses all around, and he didn't like the way he was treated by David Miscavige, and he really was just bitter. But he still wanted to truly be part of the church and have power in the church. That's the impression I got off of him from every video clip I've seen of him, especially from my Scientology movie, where he's talking about how Louis Thoreau's putting him in a bad light, making him look bad. Man made himself look bad. And uh, the the other part of the theory is, what if he never truly left Scientology? That's a little bit extreme, but why not? It's the kind of thing they were doing with Paulette Cooper. How much information... How in the loop? How close did he get with Mike Rinder and other people at the top of the anti-Scientology push? That he was in the circles to know things. The FBI investigation that went south that was blamed on the Headley case that went south. What did he know about those cases? What involvement might he have played in obstructing the justice there? We, we don't know, but it's possible that he has something to do with that. So that's just something to consider with Marty. I, I, I would like him to speak on it, but of course he's not going to without him speaking. All we have is speculation, as I've said in the past. So uh, without further ado, i got to tell you, so if I was talking about that guy I won't name, reminds me of, of uh, Harry Potter, the he who should not be named. It's like Scientology reminds me a lot of Harry Potter. It's like Harry Potter's got muggles. Scientology's got wogs. Uh, Harry Potter's got their own school system. Scientology's got its own version of a school system. Sci- uh, um, Harry Potter's got the magic wand. Uh, Scientology has the magic floating needle. Needle chooses you. Uh, you know, Va- Va- Voldemort, David Miscavige, Harry Potter, Lear Remini. They eat chocolate frogs. You know, Scientologists eat human souls. So they're not really all that different. It's just funny when you think about it. But I digress. Uh, on to the show. Here is part two of Mary Cod. I hope you enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just the damage is there. And it's not like he's damaged. He can come out of this and someday live a perfectly normal life. Um, and I think one of the things that sometimes people who have disconnected, if they start to get doubts and start to think things that maybe they, maybe they should get out, that they're afraid to because now they have nothing. They have no friends and they have no proper. I mean, I think he, I think Sammy got a proper education for the most part, right? Yeah, pretty good. But but some people pretty didn't good. get a proper education. They got taught Scientology school. Right. And um, go ahead. Yeah, although although I I have to admit, you know, I do see evidence of Scientologists that were in at a very young age that didn't get a quote-unquote proper education that ended up okay. I mean, Aaron... Aaron's a good example. Yeah. He's a dynamic guy. He's no dummy. Yeah. And and most Scientologists do walk away with a pretty good work ethic. And sometimes that's all you need in life, the pretty good work ethic. 
Right. It's just um, that time you lose. I'm not promoting that. Yeah. Yeah. Believe me, I'm not promoting don't get educated. Right. Um, I think it's important. Yeah. Any sixth graders out there listening, you'll be fine. Just have a work at <laughs> Mary Khan says so. No, I'm kidding. Oh, this will come up in a, in a video later on, right? This will come up. Right. Do you want to trust the names of people who tell you kids to stay out of school at sixth grade? Um, wow. So you mentioned several times on your interview uh, on the, on Aftermath that uh, you wanted to tell them to go F themselves. Uh, what was that right. first? When did you get that first feeling of telling them that? What was happening? Well, when I routed back in in 2005, um, well, it was actually the end of 2004, but I just say 2005 for easy figuring. Um, When I routed back in, I wasn't ready to tell them to go F themselves, but to me it was a big red flag. The fact that it took 11 intensives to get me set up to do this level. Um, 11 intensives. Now, 11 int- uh, one intensive is 12 and a half hours. Okay. So, yeah. Now, for anybody that doesn't understand Scientology, that's a lot of auditing. That is a lot of auditing. The truth of the matter is, I, I could have been set up in probably an intensive. But let's just say two. You know, do a few correction lists and make sure everything's all cleaned up. But um, I really do think that, and I have heard interviews that support my theory on this, that programs, auditing programs, are padded according to what they think you can afford. Mm. Or they're going to try to milk you for as much money as they can possibly get. So I hadn't had auditing in a long, long time. Now, the program I got was just way too much, way too much. It was completely unnecessary, and I really hated it, Uh, most of it. That was the first thing. But I did finish it, and I did continue, and then I got back on seven. Now, you couple that with every... OT7 is a level that when you do it, you, you solo counsel yourself, and you come and you do it at home. So you're not in the, in the organization anymore. So, and you're supposed to audit yourself four to six sessions a day. And they're very short. So it was easy for me to go in and out of session and do my work at home or whatever, blah, blah. But Every six months, you have to go into the organization and get sec-checked to make sure that you are clean. Oh, boy. These sec-checks went from a half an intensive to one intensive to two intensives. They kept growing to getting tailor-made. And it, there, I guarantee you, there was not one person on that level that looks forward to this. You know what you hear when you're on that level? You hear people talk about when they're going to get off of it. Right. You don't hear people's successes and how much fun they're having. Right. You hear about when they're going to finish because it is one arduous 
piece of crap, this fact-checking that you have to get every six months. And that now we're getting back to that same subject of we're crossing the line into torture as far yeah. as I'm concerned because now you're getting into, here's another big mistake I made, thinking <laughs> that I could persevere. Just persevere, 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 and get through this. Now, this is a lesson I learned as a child. Persevere, you can get through it. This is not a bad thing to do in life. But if you are being mentally abused and tortured with sex checking that does not matter, and, you, and it's all about what you've done wrong, what you've done wrong, what you've done wrong, you are going to get screwed up. And I just got to the point where I just wanted to scream and say, let me out of here. And this was still when I'm at Flag. I'm not even on the ship yet. The ship was another story, which was pretty much covered on that show. But finishing that level took four years. Most people, it takes longer. But it took me four years and every six months of dreading it. And the last several months when I was actually trying to finish it, I was just flipping loop-de-loop and trying to... Just, oh my God, it was awful. Like, it drives you crazy just remembering it. It drove me crazy. Okay. It drove me crazy. And it's not the level itself, it's all the other shit they make you do. And this sex checking, excuse me, I swore. That's okay. You can get away a little bit. Yeah. Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) And the sex checking, and, and then. At the same time, what was happening in the church was then the basics came out. And now they're making me buy volumes and volumes and, and sets of these basics and, and these other donations. And they're making me participate and make sure that I am doing my participation. There's participations, contributions, donations, sex checks. None of this has anything to do with seven, but they made it have to do with seven. You can't finish seven until you do this, blah, blah. And it was all these supposed to No. were never there. Not until you got there. They were never there in the first years. Yeah. Now, even if, even if they were there after you've been there for a while, do you not know they're coming anyway? Did they just spring that on you at the end? I didn't know they were coming, and it actually... I actually saw a change when Tom Cruise and um, Dignus Gavish became best friends. When he got that Medal of Valor, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, and when he started talking about KSW, and if you saw that film of him, you know, uh, about applying KSW and I do it in my life, and that's, you're either in or you're out. That's KSW, uh, that, Keep Scientology Working, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's these ten points. It's all about being on board and blah. When I saw that, I thought, oh, my God, here it comes. And um, sure enough, it, it just got from 2005 to, it's probably still going on. It's but, all about um, doing what they tell you to do, your participation, especially on that level. Once you get to OT7, um 
you have to be participating. If they, if you're not on staff, you've got to be doing other things that show you're working for the church. You've no. got to donate a ton of money. You've got, and then at that time, 2007, 2008, was the basics for a couple of years, pounding and harassing every single person at the org. This is totally a new phenomenon. This was not happening before. Now you're talking you about. You walk in. Go ahead. <laughs> you couldn't walk into the org, the organization, without getting hit up by somebody. No joke. So what happens no. when you say no? Pardon me? What happens when you say, I don't have it right now, I can't do it? Oh, forget it. I've had so many doors closed on me with people standing there pounding on me to give, to give, to donate, to buy. Uh, so many times, and it, I'm the one with the patsy sign on my back. I can't stand it to the point where I will end up always giving them something. And I came home several times and totally pissed my husband off, telling him some, well, I bought another set of basics. It'd be, he'd be like, what? <laughs> and then, of course, then it happened to him where... He saw it for himself, and he would come home. Well, I bought another set of bases. I go, oh god, you know, I donated this. And what's the point of doing that? Are you going to sell those to other people, or are you just helping out by having extra well, sets of books? <laughs> you just giving them money. Well, that's well, that's what they tell you. You know, like we bought a set for our son. You know, but um, you know, get them out to people that don't have them, and wow. basically, it's all a lie. It's all recruiting. It's just. Yes, and it's setting these quotas for every single staff member and Sea Org member to sell so many sets of basics, and they're getting to the point where all they want to do is get some sleep, and they will do anything to set a, sell a set of basics or many sets, and they will feed you any line they have to so, with so this, they can go get some sleep. With this infrastructure, it's amazing this hasn't been compared to a business to the point to where that leads into misuse of the IRS exemption. Well, you would think. Yeah. You would think. And um, I'm sure it's been reported to the IRS, but, you know, with all the little contracts everybody signs when they go into the organization to do anything, I'm sure the church has covered their butts. You know, after I listened to your interview with Aaron, I think he was pretty spot on about when this is all going to, how this is all going to unfold. I really don't have much hope with the IRS or the FBI. You think it's going to be self-imploding? Yep. Yep. And, you know, thank God for the Internet. Thank yeah. God for the whistleblowers, the people have that have left um, and that have shown a light on what's really going on. Absolutely. And I do think that fewer and fewer people are getting in. And I think it will piddle itself out. I don't know what's going to happen with the billions of dollars they have in assets. Um, I hope it's used for homeless. I It would be great to see the Sea Org Some of expanded it. And, and Sea Org members be given retribution, ex-Sea Org members be given retribution. But I don't have much hope for that either. 
Yeah, think about all the homes that could be in those areas where they built orgs or I know. something useful, like a soup kitchen or something. Um, yes. Think so, of all the good that could be done. Well, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful it will happen that way. Um, how do you really? feel? you got to be hopeful, right? <laughs> all I got. How, how do you feel about you know being public? Do you get bothered by people? Do have you been harassed at all? Uh, me since I've come out, you mean? Yeah. Um, I haven't been followed as far as I'm aware. Right. Um, I haven't been harassed any, but I've had a couple of things happen with um. A family member uh, who I don't think the church realized was a family member. It was just a weird thing that happened. Um, and uh, they were trying to get her to speak out against me. Uh, that reminds me. Left her notes. Pardon me? No, go ahead and finish your story, but that reminded me of something. Go, go ahead. I will come back to it. Okay. And would leave her notes and... Um, they came and talked to her, and uh, she finally told them to leave, and they did. Oh, wow. Yeah. She didn't bite. Okay. So, an ex-friend of yours, which I think is, um, I think that really stands out in the description they gave of themselves in the video. Uh, an ex-friend of yours made a video against you as well that can be found on the same right. hate site uh, that your son's on. And he makes this wild claim that, um, it, well, it's not a wild claim. It, it, there's truth to it, but you had a son with, um, before Sammy with another person. And this got I dropped like son. some kind of DNA test on Murray Povich, but I'm finding out from you before we talked on the on the interview here that it, it didn't quite happen the way it's being told. Go ahead. No, I mean, I had a son pre-Scientology. Mm-hmm. I had a son when I was 20. And, you know, in, in those days you got married. Um, I was in college, and I, we got married, and had this baby, and then uh, he finished his law degree. We moved to Texas. I mean, I'm sorry, moved to Dallas, and um, this was before I even got in Scientology. And I was very unhappy. Um, now, you know, I could. It's, I was a completely different person at that time, so um, it's hard for me to imagine ever giving up a child, um, to be raised by, you know, it was, I, we got a divorce and I wanted my ex-husband to raise him and he wanted to raise him. He had the mental wherewithal and now he's a lawyer. He had a new wife and I really was completely unprepared to raise a child. I could barely raise myself. I, and it's, the irony is that it's almost one of the reasons why I got in Scientology. My life repair was filled with my grief and anguish over giving up this child to be raised by somebody else, by my ex-husband. But I knew it was the best thing for him, and I knew he was in very good hands. My ex-husband had a, a strong family unit. He had parents and brothers. And I had none of that. I had none of that. I had no support whatsoever, and um, I was lost, and I grieved greatly over the, that son, even though it was my choice, and my life repair was filled with it, and the irony to mm-hmm. have 
Now, my husband's boyhood friend make this video for the church and <laughs> use that against me. Yep. And, and the way he, he was almost giddy, the way he talked about how he had to tell Sammy that he had to have a half-brother and how he, Sammy had to learn that from him and not his, real, and not his mother, that he had a half-brother. And he's using terms like this. You know, when this is pre-Scientology, this is 17 years before I even had Michael. You know, then I had Sammy three years after that, so it's 20 years before I even had Sammy. It's not like this is a son that was in our lives, that they went to school with and they had a relationship with and they didn't know it. You know, and the only reason I didn't tell my kids is because I really couldn't find a good opportunity. Oh, by the way, you know, I remember finding out when I was in my 30s that my mom had had an abortion. And it was kind of like, oh, wow, oh, yeah, I guess it's right. That Why would I know that earlier? You know, when is she going to tell me, when I'm five, when I'm 16? You know, it's just like, it, it's really kind of none of my business. It, it feels... It, it's part of... I'm sorry? It feels to me like it's just the bottom line is it really has nothing to do with anything. It had nothing to do with anything except to hurt me mm -hmm. and to call it like I'm disconnecting from Sammy, as like, just like I did his half-brother. Right. And there's using these emotional terms like half-brother. And, I mean, this is somebody that's not even in my life, unfortunately. You well, know, I wish he could be in my life, but he's not. Well, I mean, that's about as dirty as it gets, and it's right on the surface for everyone to see. And and it's interesting to talk about, like, you didn't have that kind of support. You didn't have that kind of support in Scientology. But right now, uh, Mary, I think you have all the support you've ever hoped for uh, since you've been out and talking about it. You have a lot of support. Yes, it's very nice um, to have as much support as I've gotten. Um, it's been very heartwarming. And it's been very helpful to me because there was a point where I was so isolated that I thought I was going to lose my mind. When you don't think anybody supports you. When you think you're the only one that thinks the way you think. It will drive you crazy. Well, I mean, that's and kind of a trap mindset some people in are probably feeling right now too, right? Maybe so. Right. Right. You know, and, you know, when the church gets everybody to turn against you, uh, it can be very isolating. And I have better friends than I've had my whole life. I have very good friends now since I've gotten out, and I have found a footing. I have support from people I've never met and support from people that are great support from people that I've never met and that are mere acquaintances and great support from people that are very close friends. So, yes, it's been really heartwarming for me. Yeah, I'll say this. I've said it a million times on this show. I'll say it again. Some of the nicest, most decent people I've ever met have come out of Scientology. It's not because Scientology is so great. They come out learning that they can be the person they try to go in being 
and weren't allowed to be. Um, right. It's interesting. Uh, and some, well, also, I think you learn, you know, when you lose something that you love so much that you might have taken for granted, you learn not to take it for granted. And when you've been so mistreated, you learn to appreciate those that have been mistreated. And, um, you know, when it all happened with me, there was a point, not literally this, but it's kind of like, gosh, why is the world still turning? Why aren't, isn't everybody just going, oh my God, everybody stop. Let's help Mary out of this. Because this girl is suffering so badly, she might not live. Mm. Why isn't everything stopped? Right. Well, this is life. And that's when I learned, oh, there's so much uh, injustice, uh, pain. There's a lot of people that have been through a lot and they're going through a lot. And I have more compassion and understanding for those people than ever before. And that's another thing about ex-Scientologists that have been through a lot. They appreciate the other side more. Do you get people, are people prejudiced against you that they think that you're one of those wacky Scientology people or you found that hasn't been the case for you? For the most part, no. I mean, I think I'm probably the hardest on myself in that regard. Yeah. Well, I I don't think anyone should think that way. I'm embarrassed of myself. You know, I'm go, why did you do that for so long, you know? Yeah, I, I, people shouldn't do that, and I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions, and it's something that you guys talk about in your interviews a lot. Is you know we're not people don't go into Scientology just because they're stupid. It's not it's not a stupidity right. thing. It's not an intelligent thing. Um, I, like I said, I want to be into the ground until the best people I've ever met came out of Scientology, and that's why I want to say because I started on this path a little bit before with Sammy and about other people who are still in there, disconnected from families, might be afraid if they leave. There's no one waiting for them, ready to go. It's okay. You know, we 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 forget everything. No one's holding it against you that you were in this for so long and that you were away for so long. People are just going to be happy right. to get their families back. Right. Not only is there a huge support group, but their lives will be better than ever. People that are in Scientology especially the longer you've been in, the more your light is being covered up. And when you come out and you start to decompress and unravel, the more you start to experience your own truth, your own light, and be yourself. And, and it's safe to be yourself. And it's really the best solution. It shouldn't be scary because it's better. It's a way better life. Yeah, I mean, all that all that ego boosting and all those applauses you get when your name comes up in whatever activity you're doing and whatever accomplishments and wins you get in Scientology, there's a whole lot more people waiting on the outside to applaud you walking out. That's for darn sure. Right. Um, right. I want to talk about the free wins for just one second. Was that a, was that a decent boat? Was that was it was a, a good arrangement or was it a bad arrangement? As far as just quarters. As far as quarters was fine. Okay. It was fine. Yeah. I mean, I had a shared room, and then at the end, I had my own room. 
um, it it was totally fine. I'm sure it was worse for the Sea Org members that are probably down in the lower levels, um, sleeping on, burning mm. on top of each other. I guess. But um, yeah, but my you know those ship rooms are very small. Right. So it's a very confining feeling in What's the back an of old ship and all that. But it was it was okay. I kind of knew that going in. So that part was predictable. It's an old ship, right? The same one that uh, Oran was on? Um, it's called the Free Ones. And right. um, I don't think Hubbard was on the Free Ones. Well, not on that one? On the Apollo. Yeah. Oh, okay, the Apollo. That's right. That's right. Sorry, that's my yeah. ignorance showing through. <laughs> I'm still learning, Mary. <laughs> Um, That's okay. Did you ever c- consider pressing charges? Because that was kind of like wrongful entrapment when they when they held you in there. Um, it's inter- no, because uh, first of all, it would be impossible to prove. Mm. I had left my phone in the car. You have no witnesses. Intentionally, because I knew they would ask for my phone, and I didn't want them to have my phone, uh, so I left it in the car, and ironically. Um, the day after it happened, I uh, it, there's a little bit more to the story, but I won't get into it because it'll make it really long. But okay. I ended up going to an attorney just to find out what my rights were because I was thinking my husband might be leaving me. And um, in that discussion, I told him what happened. And I said, is that kidnapping? He went, no, but that is false imprisonment. Right. And that's too bad you didn't have your phone recording that. Because mm, no one was going to speak up for you. Oh, they would all deny it. Anybody that saw that would deny it. They would lie. Flat out. Straight up. Wow. Uh, Scientologists have no qualms on lying for the church because the church of Scientology is the greatest good for mankind. That's the equation. Is that, is that like okay killing three to people to save millions? Yeah. Is that kind of mindset? <laughs> it's okay to lie because right. the greater good outweighs everything. Right. It's, that's, the, that's the mindset. I mean, so you've lied to people probably. Like. Um, I don't remember ever lying to anybody about uh, anything like that. Now, uh, you know? I do kind of, I do recall the sensation of not wanting to admit certain things. I can't remember specifically, but I might not want to tell my mother about, for instance, I wouldn't want to tell her all the money they harangued out of me and badgered me for. Right, that's just an I told um, you so moment. Right. But also, I just wouldn't want people to know how horrible it is when the church officials were trying to get money out of me and how many hours they would spend badgering me for money. And I would be embarrassed to tell anybody outside. I wouldn't even tell, you know, Scientologists don't even tell each other that. You know, because then that would be considered nattering, and which means you have overts or sins. You know, you have to be willing to put up with this crap. Yeah. Now, your husband, David, wrote a knowledge report on you. How many times did you guys write each other up? I never wrote him up on anything. I was one of those people, I never disconnected from anybody in my life. And, in fact, 
when friends of mine had to disconnect from their own sons, I made it a point to talk to her sons. Hmm. I, you know, I refused to to do it. But this was at a, also at a time when it wasn't so nasty right. as it is now. I mean, my husband literally got declared an evil person because he would not divorce me. There is no other reason. The church couldn't even come up with another reason. Because he That's wasn't terrible. reading the blogs, the internet, the books, he, nothing. They're big on divorce. They seem really big on divorce. You're going to separate everybody that might have some kind of influence on them. Stunning. Uh, it's, it's, really, it's almost like the first thing to go to, it seems like. Cause I, was, I was just reading another one, another story just like yours on Tony Ortega's site. Well, not like yours, but where the, right. the partners are being asked to divorce. Because one right, might be tainted. Yeah. That's the one I was reading. That's the one. Right. Yeah. That's very similar story. Her time on the ship, poof. Yeah. So it's like my that's my story except different characters. Does David um does David ever feel guilty about the uh about the knowledge report? Um Yeah, and there's a few things he feels really bad about. But you know, the mainly um, I I think if he could do over it again, do it over again, he would just uh, <clears throat> support me from the beginning. Do you use it against him? Do you use it against him in arguments? <laughs> Not yet. I'm saving it. <laughs> saving it for the big one. Okay. <laughs> That's the kind of thing you just spring out of nowhere. You got to have the right argument for that one. <laughs> hey, you wrote a knowledge yeah. report on me. <laughs> Picking my battles. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm 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 grateful for you that you had David because he uh, it looks like he's standing by you. Like I said before, he's been standing by you all through it. That makes him a, a really top guy in my in my book. Right, right. And then Michael, our other son, was was very um, instrumental in bringing us together too. You know, because he wasn't in, and um, that helped. And you know, he talked to David and Sammy both. Tried to talk to them both. Hmm. He was the first one that just stood up for me, and I almost—I broke down into tears. I was so—I was so unfamiliar with that sensation of support and loyalty and kindness. And uh, isn't that amazing coming out of a forty-year religion that you feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's—it's it's, when it comes to. Terms like compassion, love, kindness, beauty. It's not the Church of Scientology I think of. But at the time you're made to believe that's what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're devious, hateful, deceptive, lying. Those terms fit the Church. What really scares me is the more I research Scientology the last few weeks, last couple months, the more I'm finding, they got their hands in everything. They're like, they're like cancer. <laughs> they're all over the place. They're in businesses, business fronts, charities. Right. They're they're all over everything, and it's uh, it's pretty disturbing. Pretty disturbing. How it do you? It is disturbing. It is disturbing. It's because it's a it's a ruse yeah. to say, oh look what we're doing, and it's really not much of anything. Um, and then they use these front groups to get money out of parishioners or maybe even non-parishioners 
and then um, do very little with it. How do you feel about independent Scientology practi- practitioners? People who don't use CUR, don't use the, the sec checking and knowledge report process, none of, the, none of the disconnection. I think it's fine. I mean, the people that are using, I think there is good in it. And I think if, um, you know, if people want to get the counseling and, um, you know, of course, then they're not abused with the ethics and um, the, the punitive measures that are taken in the church. Um, and I'm sure, you know, if you in the independent field, if there's somebody getting uh, counseling and they go, you know what, I don't like this. You know what, I, this is dumb. They handle it. They must handle it a different way. I mean, I don't. I don't know. But it just seems to me, you know, I always get different answers, and I always have have my rebuttal. I mean, it just seems to me that. The most important factor is, I mean, we know the e-meter mostly is 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 a piece of junk. I think we can probably uh-huh. agree on that. <laughs> but the the uh-huh. idea that people are squeezing the cans and they're depending on that to solve their issues, it almost takes the power away from them to learn how to help themselves. Uh, where it could be done in a better a better environment, because on top of that, a lot of them sometimes still use the scripture of L. Ron Hubbard. And over on Hubbard's scripture, uh-huh. and it's actual, if you, you know, you didn't like Dianetics, well, a lot of Dianetics and a lot of the stuff he writes, uh, and, and a lot of things he wrote about Scientology, instructs you to do these things like disconnection and and, um, and fair gaming and things like that. Right. So it's, Right, it's, and that's you know. the part where I go, yeah, but Mary, how far would you take it? Right. Because I go, yeah, well, there's good in it. But then there's this. It ain't so good. So, you know, like I said, my life repair was good. Um, but my life repair could have just as easily been done without an e-meter. Um, I, it, but I do find that I found in those first 15, 20 years where I said it was okay, I didn't believe it all necessarily, but I didn't believe the virgin birth either, and that didn't right. feel like less of a Catholic. Right. Um, but but I knew people that knew very much about the me- the meter, and it doesn't mean because you get a read that you've got something there that's worth fishing, that's worth talking about. I mean, even Hubbard says all you know is that the meter read. That's all you know. It could be a protest. Right. It could it could be nothing, but I do think. I don't know if it's always been like this and I just didn't notice, but I do think there's way too much emphasis on the meter. Right. It's take the meter and throw it away. You know, but you can't now. I mean, I mean, the OT levels are all metered. Yeah, well, to me, you can take the OT levels and throw those away, too. <laughs> well, 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 this was covered. This was actually covered in the um, article we talked about earlier from Tony Ortega about the uh, – uh, about the whole thing with the uh, divorce, the meter was supposed to also be able to detect your point in time in past lives that you're stuck on. Oh right, yes. So she's talking about date locating, that that drill, and she called it dating. Um, and if somebody has yes, but yeah, right. <laughs> 
it's hard to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's just hard to explain. Right. Now, to some people, if they got really good, adequate, correct dating and locating, they might swear that that was very helpful for them. And they felt a relief after that oddity. Um, it could be that way. It could be that way. But I would be, to me, the date locating that I had, I mean, basically, oh, two, oh, I, I, mean, I probably shouldn't say that, but uh, there's an OT level that is a lot of date locating. I would say most of it was hooey. Why, why can't you say the... Uh, if, not, if not all of it. I'm, I just... Uh, I'm trying to think if the church could come after me. Oh, you're worried You're worried about the... Well, that's all... Is it... I don't know if it's yeah. safe if it's all online anyway, available for anyone to yeah. see. I don't, I don't know. We could say, as per on this website, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm unaware of that. And it's irrelevant anyway, but okay. there's an OT level that, that that's a lot of it. And it's a very short OT level. Um, I would say for the most, I would say for the most part, it was just dumb. Right. dumb. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. If you want, you could get the Adam and Eve story to read on the meter. Right. You know, if, it, if, if Hubbard came up with the Adam and Eve story and told everybody, okay, now you're going to so out this, and I want you to locate the Adam and Eve story, the meter would probably read. Does that mean it's true? No. So there you go. Well, I, I am a Catholic, and, I, and, I, and I've gone to Christian church, but even I have questions about Adam and Eve because then we're all the product of incest, right? <laughs> so there are problems with the Bible, right? With the Bible that's accepted. Uh, the, the thing that drives me crazy, and I've said this many times on the show, and I, I, I can't help but say it again, but even if Jesus was the first ever sleight-of-hand magician, we don't know. We don't know, but we know who Elron Hubbard was. <laughs> you know? Right. So I right. don't know. It's crazy. Right. Well, I know. Well, you know, we we've had a pretty pretty lengthy conversation. I don't want to hold you too long here, Mary. It's been a real good conversation. I'm glad you agreed to come on. Um, sure. Something something we like to do in this show. Uh, it's called Ten Questions with all my guests, and it's um. It could be silly questions, maybe something thought-provoking, and you just, you know, it's like a think-fast thing. It usually doesn't go very fast, but oh. whatever you can come up with for an answer, and then uh, and then we'll we'll say our goodbyes. Okay. All right, so here we go. After uh, this heavy conversation, we'll have ten questions with Mary Khan. Think fast. Number one, what's scarier? I'm supposed to give you answers. I'm supposed to give you my my first, like a real fast first answer type thing. Right, but it never works. So, but if you if you don't like a question, if you're not comfortable with it, you can uh, you can pass if you don't like something. Okay. Alright, so okay. number one, uh, scarier clown, Ronald McDonald or Kellyanne Conway? Oh my God, that's funny. Uh, I think it's Ronald McDonald. Okay. All right. I disagree. But okay, number two. <laughs> <laughs> What are you reading right now? Oh, my God, my toenails. You're reading toenails? Well, you said, what am I reading? I'm looking down at my toenails. Uh, my first answer. 
Or your book. What book are you reading right now? <laughs> Be coherent at oh. least. Come on, Mary. <laughs> All right, I'm reading the Surrender Experiment. Okay. What's that about? <laughs> um, uh, life's journey into perfection. The uh, you know the guy that wrote the Untethered Soul. Absolutely. It's about just I don't know. It's fine. Yeah. It's good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't fair. It was a side question. All right, I might put you on the spot on this one, though. Number three, true or false, a UFO crashed in Roswell in 1947. False. Ah, I disagree with you on another one. Number four. Oh, my God, that's funny. <laughs> how many auditors does it take to screw in a light bulb? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, one to screw in the light bulb and ten others. To do the admin on it. I love it. All right. Good job. Uh, <laughs> number five, everybody has come out and spoken about Scientology. A lot, of, well, Not everybody, but a lot of folks are writing books. Are you working on a book? No. No book. Okay. Number six, describe, describe Leo Remini in six words. Oh. Um, beautiful, bold, baldy, compassionate. Kind and heartfelt. That works. All right, I like that. Uh, number seven, toilet paper, over or under? Very big debate. Under, 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 under. How under. do you how do you rip it off that way without losing like reams and reams we, of toilet paper? We disagree on something else. And I don't oh. think I like you anymore, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, we're full. We're cool. We're cool. Number eight. <laughs> Number eight. True or false? Cow tipping is wrong. <laughs> no, it's not wrong. It's fun. All right. <laughs> I, I I don't think I have a position on this. I'll let you get away with that one. All right. N- Number nine. How often do you eat fast food? Never. All right. That's a good oh, answer. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. I'll have to say once every six months. All right, all right. You're not on the meter. You can get away with a white lie. It's cool. <laughs> it's cool. Um, number 10 is a little more serious. Um, this is the kind of corny thing that uh, Dan Harris tried on Leah Remedy and Leah didn't bite. But uh, it basically, uh, I, there is a possibility that this podcast can get to the right people, right? Somebody might hear this that needs to hear this. Um, in, in that event, uh, just a couple weeks ago, I read uh, Lori Hodgson's letters to her to her kids. Um, uh-huh. For number ten, is there anything you want to say to Sammy that he might hear that can come straight from your mouth? Well, um, I suppose I would want him. I really know it's really hard to get through um, to what he thinks happened with me but I would really want him to really hear this and understand this that with me it was it's not about the religion I never want to stop him from practicing what he believes it's about the abuses and I would like to kindly beseech him before he throws away the people that love him the most, to 
to just do his due diligence and find out what is going on with the church according to other sources and make up his own mind. And if he made up his own mind that he wanted to stick with the church and didn't believe the abuses and all these other stories, okay, fine. Then we could agree to disagree. Um, But I would also want him to know that I love him always, always, and the light is always on. He can come home anytime to my hugs and my love. That's about it. You know, it's like I said with the Lori Hodgson letters, and I, I don't know if you heard it, I told, uh, you know, basically as, as an add-on to the message to her kids is that, uh, you know, you don't have a choice to make in this. The, he's the one being made to choose, and you're not the one making him choose, and that's something he needs to realize, and hopefully he will soon. Hopefully. Right. Well, would you add that in, please, Ben? It's, because it's that's now. really good. It's in now. It's in now. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much. Um, it means a lot that you agreed to come well, on the show. thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you very much. I appreciate what you're doing. Yep, I'm one of those acquaintances, uh, one of those those new supportive friends that are, are here for you. So, uh, you know, we'll stay in touch. Yeah, well, thank you. I no, appreciate that. No problem, Mary. Is there anything else you want to say before you go? No, that's it. All thank right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You take care. Okay, that was Mary Khan. Uh, thank you once again, Mary, for coming on the show. Oh, my gosh, what a great guest she was. Had a great time talking to her. Uh, please share this as much as possible so that this message may possibly reach her son, uh, her private message at the end there. Uh, I got to tell you, at the beginning of the show, uh, I spoke about an independent Scientologist that was speaking to the tone scale on YouTube that just drove me crazy. And uh, I don't really think very highly of this particular person. Uh, but there's another guy who's into independent Scientology, the uh, Scientolopedia guy, uh, Dave, I think it's LaCoy or Qua. Uh, I'll get his name right eventually. Well, he's coming on. I'm taking the show a little bit different direction just to explore uh, just what it is about independent Scientology and just what it is uh, about L. Ron Hubbard that people still follow his word even if they don't believe in the church. And uh, we'll see the differences between the two. And I got a lot of a lot of tough questions for Dave, and he knows I'm going to ask them, so he's good enough to come on the show and answer those. So uh, I do appreciate that, and uh, I'll show appreciation by being uh, as open and honest myself with them, and, and we'll keep it as a, a good conversation. So look forward to that next Friday right here. I'll come get some extra Scientology edition. For now, that about sums it up. Stay connected. Have a good week, everybody. All the spot analysis. Am I crazy? Uh, <laughs> uh, no. Are we on a podcast? Yeah. I, I think I'm gonna come get some. If you want some, come. Gotta get that. Gotta get that. Gotta get some. some. My favorite, though. Am I? You're my favorite. Oh, thank you so much. I I can't. Put me on the e-meter and ask me a question, and the needle would float.